happy thursday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the airport minute where each and every day monday through friday we go over one minute of the greatest disaster movie ever made the 1970 Universal Pictures movie, Airport. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two uh, for a little while longer, uh, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv. And um, we've got a very special guest with us today. Uh, you know, compared to him, we're all amateurs. Uh, today's guest is a true professional. Steelers fan, gynecologist, John DeLumba. How are you? How are you, how are you doing? Great. Great. Yeah, Mark, Mark left out a couple of things. You also are a fixed wing and a rotary wing uh, pilot, a Vietnam veteran who uh, you've flown a lot of different kinds of uh, things that go up in the air. So I, I guess you have a special relationship with the movie Airport. Uh, exactly. And uh, my my dream actually was to be an airline pilot. My college degree undergraduate was from an aeronautical university, uh, Embry-Riddle. And so um, when it comes to airports and airplanes, I, I have a special place in my heart. Wow. Well, it seems like quite a jump to go from piloting to gynecology. So uh, how, did, how did that all turn out? It's a... <laughs> <laughs> sort of a roundabout way. I, when I when I graduated uh, from college after I got out of the army, uh, the fuel crisis hit, and so of course the airlines were furloughing, laying off, and uh, you know, I had to find a new career uh, with a with a new college degree. I was newly married, and so I went into pharmaceutical sales, and from there. I went to pre-med and then medical school at age 30. So um, that's how it round about. And, of course, uh, being 30 at medical school and then 34 when I finished and 38 when I finished my training um, of gynecology, I, you know, I needed to, to start making some money. And, and gynecology and going into the operating room is, is very similar to actually getting into the cockpit of an airplane. So that's why I love the surgical side of gynecology. It's like getting in to be a pilot. Wow. Yeah, I'm, you were you were telling us earlier about the uh, with the with the changes in um, mechanization or you know things like uh, micro robotics and things like that. That mm -hmm. the technology is really uh, advancing rapidly, um, and and it's it's almost like you said it's almost like a simulator in that you're you've got all this gear around you you're kind of doing like instrument approaches to your patients yeah. <laughs> exactly it really is um you know surprisingly everything that i do in medicine is sort of based on aviation including cockpit resource management which they are now trying to institute in hospitals and when i'm trying to get a patient to do sort certain preparations before surgery you know i'm like the reason i'm doing this is like if a pilot gets in his airplane to take you somewhere he's going to check the weather he's not going to just jump in and go well let's let's go no you want the pilot to be as prepared as possible and the same thing with the surgeon so so many similarities between the two professions yeah i guess you you probably have checklists i would think that you go through every every procedure that that you'd have a call list of everything that you need to get done uh, counting the inventory going in and going out of the surgery, I would imagine mm. it would be extremely similar. Um, yes, yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the ideal situation. Realistically, no, it's not. We have not caught up to um, aviation. We're at least 20 years behind it, for, from medicine to aviation. Um, as I said, cockpit resource management, they're just now instituting that. And, and as far as checklists, you know, Yes, that would be the ideal situation, 
but uh, they do have a little bit of a checklist for the nurses for the equipment that we want, but they'll take a, a nurse that has never been in around robotic surgery and put her in, and she has no idea how the equipment works. You would never do that in aviation. So we have a long way to go in medicine before we get uh, as good as aviation. Wow. Well, well. Speaking of a long way to go, in the middle of this uh, airport movie, we're watching. Uh, one of, one of the reasons that we wanted you on this minute was we were watching the, uh, I guess the bedside or gurney side manner of uh, Doctor Compagno here. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> I know hmm. this, I know this is before HIPAA regulations, but I would think the most <laughs> the, the simplest form of. You know, he does everything short of getting on an intercom and announcing that the pilot's pregnant girlfriend is going to need some help with her eyeballs. As his as his wife is standing. Yeah. There. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, he he has uh, that the con- the consultation in the loudest voice I I think I've ever heard in this movie. <laughs> Just... <laughs> well, it, it, it it's fascinating. Um, I've I've actually given given assistance on an airplane to, to during medical issues and it's extremely difficult, much more difficult than people think because you don't have as much equipment as you would expect. Um, one passenger passed out and they happened to say, "Is there a doctor around?" Of course, you sort of you know turtle your neck and scrunch down a little bit because I'm a gynecologist. I I don't have some of the expertise that other people have. Um, and it was a male, and he and it passed out, and he was in the back of the plane, and you know, we were flying over the ocean. So I, I go back, and I can't hear his blood pressure or anything. So fortunately, they do teach you in medical school to take blood pressures by visual. You can actually watch the the um, the pressure indicator change as as you can because what you do is you listen for the pulse to pick up because it's it's compressed and it's not not so um you can actually watch that otherwise i couldn't hear a thing i put the you know the stethoscope in my ear and of course i don't carry one with me on a flight yeah but so the nurses had it and i and i'm trying to listen and of course you have the roar of the engines and i can't hear a thing but i'm going ah sounds good (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh boy Yeah, the guy was he was alert he was awake awake now and he was moving so there wasn't much i was going to be able to tell by listening to his heart so. yeah yeah <laughs> sounds good <laughs> yeah you just didn't want to sounds lean good. Into... Can, can i have another bag yeah. of those uh of those uh, <laughs> mini pretzels yes yeah. exactly so, by the way can we erase my name here yeah. from this now <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, I was – this whole movie, I've been, this guy seems to be my biggest question mark in the whole movie, Dr. Compagno. He's going to – he's going to Rome, and apparently he carries his physician's bag with him, which which also seems to have multiple ampules of uh, uh, adrenaline and oh morphine. And I'm, it's like, how is he going to get through customs when he gets to Italy? I just – He's a doctor, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if that gives you, a, if they give you a card, it's like it's okay, I'm a doctor, but that's just how, how much, how much adrenaline do you carry on your typical vacation? I, uh... Actually, since medical school, I have not had a doctor bag, and and you know, of course, back when the movie was made, a little bit of of that is is realistic as far as equipment that doctors might have on them, but no, I'm not going to carry all of those. Maybe an internist or a cardiologist might potentially but realistically no he's not going to have a bag no yeah is there anything that 
I just I don't know if the airlines do they have any medical equipment on board a typical uh, well, they, flight? Or? They uh, basics, and of course now all the airlines have those cardio converters right. um, that are there, and of course oxygen, and, and you can take a blood pressure and, and a stethoscope. But beyond that, there's not much of anything. Um, I actually had a dislocated shoulder as I was putting um, uh, my bag up into a an overhead, and nobody would help me. Wow. <laughs> the, the flight <laughs> attendant said, I can't, I, I said, just, just take my arm and pull it. She wouldn't do it. They took me up to the pilot. So I got at least to the seven, 767 cockpit. That, oh, was, nice. that was kind of nice. Yeah. It's big. <laughs> and, and so the, the, the captains and, 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 the, and the first officers looked at me like I was, I was crazy when I said, can you guys help me? They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was going to have to get off the plane. I was in so much agonizing pain. And, and all I did was grab onto an overhang a little bit and hang down and my arm went in. But oh, I suffered. Oh, oh like, man. But they, you know, they. they yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess this, this is before and after lawsuits. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh. But but still, they they have some basics on there. You know, they'll they'll have some aspirin and things. And I've and I've I've tried to take care of a little baby that seemed to have be having an issue. So surprisingly, more problems occur than you would think when you have you know several hundred people on an airplane going on an, uh, a long flight. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about. Uh, I mean, the most recent one at the time we were recording this. Sure. You think about Carrie Fisher coming into yeah. LAX, and it's like, what do you yeah. do? And I mean, the only the only thing they can really do is get the plane down as fast as you can. Sure. Uh, now, I don't know if you guys remember there was a flight coming from South America to the U.S. Uh, on American Airlines, and the passenger passed away, and they were out over, you know, <laughs> there was nowhere to land. And they put the passenger in the first class cabin. The wow. dead patient. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like okay. The things that you do to, to upgrade it's a, it's really tough now. Yeah, exactly. You have to die. Yeah. I wasn't on that flight, but I do remember reading. Wow. About it. Yeah. Well, there's the passenger service. Oh, he went out in style, as they say. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, he was dead, and then they put him on. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Wow. So that, people are always dying to get into first class. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. You almost now, have to give up your life for it. Exactly. Now, uh, John, do you remember when this movie first came out? I mean, did you see it in theaters? Actually, I did. Yes, I did. It was. It was actually. It was a great movie in my. Because for one, when you see a movie, and I and I, I, I can't remember. I think it was what 1970 or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I was in I was in Vietnam all of seventy. So I think when I came back, of course back then they didn't have you know DVDs and, and things that we have now. But um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was great watching it. I mean I I thought it was as real as you could get until I was really in the medical profession and then knew more about aviation. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it a lot of people point to this, you know, in the aviation business. We've talked to pilots and air traffic controllers and stuff, and they said it's it's surprisingly realistic. I mean, a lot of times when you watch a movie, they take shortcuts, and you're like, that's not how it right. is. That's not what right. what goes on. But right. at least from the from the air air traffic side, that seems to be very you know, this is the procedures that you would use to get a plane that's in trouble down on the ground. Sure. Um, and uh, it's you know, and, and it's it's enjoyable. I mean, we Mark and I are are of an age where we can remember these all the people that are in this movie 
being huge stars. I mean, they're, you know, oh, yeah. Dean Martin and Burt Lancaster and Helen Hayes and all these, you know, mm-hmm. incredible lineup that, you know, it's far beyond anything that you'd see on like Love Boat or anything of the time. <laughs> but just, uh, you know, and you, you just fall for all of the characters. They're so, even though it's a melodrama, you fall for the realism of the situation that they're in. I mean, you really, you, you yeah. feel for Maureen Stapleton, especially. I mean, we're watching in this particular minute, she's just coming apart at the seams. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you really, you really believe it. Gosh, this is, it. nothing gets any better for her. She just, it gets worse and worse and worse until she uh, falls into Gene Seberg's arms. Uh, at the, at, at the yeah, end. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, yeah. you don't know, I mean, that's that's the end of her story right here. I mean, a lot of, we're, we're right at the end of the movie, so we're watching a lot of stories end, and we don't know what's going to happen to Maureen Stapleton's character. She's, you know, she lost her husband. She's not going to get any insurance money. Uh, earlier in the movie, they uh, she men- they mentioned that her kids are living with her sister because they can't afford to take care of their own kids. So you know, God knows what's gonna. And all these people that are walking past her are gonna sue her for every last nickel that you know for, that she gets out of that coffee shop. So uh, well, it, she's gonna get fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so. For cutting out of work early to go pick up her husband. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think she's going to work tomorrow. So yeah, it's just that. And I, Dr. Compagno is going to be called as a, a material witness by uh, Barbara Hale when the inevitable divorce happens. <laughs> well, the, the thing that amazed me is that, you know, he was uh, able to diagnose. She had splinters in her eye that may, may have penetrated into the eye itself. And it's, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was just fascinated by that. And of course, I was in aviation, and I didn't realize they have airport doctors on call. <laughs> yeah, they're just they, apparently yeah. it's, it's a big enough airport yeah. that you know that that's quite a gig if you could get the, a, the job as airport doctor. That's that's right. That's right. pretty good. I mean, I mean <laughs> other than slip and falls, how much stuff is going on? I guess they might have. When one I uh, when I lived in New York, uh, my doctor was Live Nation's all on call physician from Madison Square Garden. So he was backstage at every rock concert. And uh, we, I'd go for my annual physical, and all he'd want to do is talk about music. So I guess <laughs> I guess I was wow. in pretty good health. Yeah. Wow, that's quite oh, a wow. gig. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, wow, but he, you know, it it seems like uh, I guess I guess the guy, I mean, I don't know how many, but there's thousands of people going through this, so maybe he's got a lot mm-hmm. of business going on. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Like you said, it, it seems odd that he's being able to diagnose so much stuff just from <laughs> just from right. looking at her with a flashlight. Oh, here's the, here's the problem. Right, and of course, all the patients seem to be bandaged well and and you know and taken care of. Um, and I thought that they were relatively close to the to the to landing, you know, when this, this all occurred, I, I yeah. didn't think it was hours, you know, to get everybody taken care of that was injured. Which yeah, is yeah, fascinating. yeah. She's got you know yeah. like compression stuff around her around her head, and uh, yeah. for some, she seems to have like arterial bleeding. I've never seen anybody bleed out of the eye the way that uh, Jacqueline Bissett <laughs> does. It just seems like there's this geyser that they keep changing the bandage on it, and it's more blood and more blood. But, well, uh, Christopher Lee did it in. Uh, uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula. You, know, <laughs> you might want to see that movie yeah, before you make a huge statement like that. Yeah. Right. They needed Dr. 
Compagno did exactly. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Else. <laughs> yeah, and I I would think the the concern, I mean, rather than the, the eye, I mean, I'm 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 not an obstetrician, but uh I would think that if she suffered a concussion, you know, that was a concussion damage from from being blown uh, having a door blow against her and leave splinters in her eye, that means there's a lot of varied velocity uh, projectiles flying around in that cabin. There's a lot of shrapnel. So I would think right. I'd be worried about abdominal problems or, you know, it's like, oh, she's okay. Oh, and by the way, she's pregnant. I would think, let's start with she's pregnant. Oh, and she's got something in her eye. Uh, right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get... I, the eyes are important for vision, but certainly, you know, blood is important to get oxygen to your, the rest of your body and, so if you're bleeding internally, yeah, there, there, there's, it's, it was great drama. Yeah. <laughs> it's something, but I just can't, I mean, at, at that point, I mean, she's very, she's very early on. So I don't think they call in a trauma obstetrician or, you know, a gynecologist for something like that. Right. Uh, but she just, yeah, they're all like concerned about her eyeball. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I guess like it, it serves the purpose of the story. So. Uh, well, the one thing is, you know, of course, if you watch other movies, you know, somebody falls down the steps when they're pregnant, including like Gone with the Wind. And, and of course, they invariably lose the pregnancy at a certain point in the pregnancy, especially early. That pregnancy is extremely protected. Yeah, extreme. The mom would be hurt well more, way more than than the than the fetus would ever be hurt. Um I mean, I, I've seen I've seen patients that were in, in major car wrecks, you know, kicked, you know, you know, much trauma. To their trauma yeah. yeah. And, and it's not going to hurt the pregnancy at all. So so certainly he has a right to be concerned about her general anesthesia, um, because after a certain point in pregnancy, you know, any type of chemical is going to have a potential effect on the, on the fetus. But early on, no, it's it's not. Yeah, I mean, I mean, is, are there significant? I mean, I'm thinking a general anesthesia. She's probably going to get some. Well, I don't, I don't know if they have like what kind of uh, uh, anesthetics that they used back then. But are there specific ones that you'd avoid uh, at that at such an early stage that that would have a major effect? Well, around bef let's see, around the second semester, it, the 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 it, you can actually do surgery and have general anesthesia. Um, but between early pregnancy and about what we call about 12 weeks, um, uh, that the, the fetus brain is developing. Okay. So it's kind of, you know, so like about, about five weeks to 12 weeks is an extremely sensitive time for the fetus. You don't want to get an x-ray. You know, there's many yeah. things you don't want to do because as those organs, what's called organogenesis is, is developing, you want to be really cautious on what you give, what you do. Before five weeks, it's, it's called an all or nothing effect. You could actually have major amounts of radiation and it may not have any, probably won't have any impact before five weeks. Wow. After, after 13 weeks, it's a, it's a similar process. Um, but, you know, a general anesthesia, say at 14 weeks pregnant, pregnancy and 40 weeks is, is considered full term. So at 14 weeks pregnant, you can give some anesthesia because the mom's liver gets rid of those chemicals in the body. So it's not going to have a major effect 
you know, at that time. So that's why when somebody has a medical problem and they can delay surgery for a, a while, you wait until it's called that second semester. That first semester is 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 difficult, is tough. But, um, you know, if she had a broken bone or something, you can certainly do a lot of these treatments with um, local anesthesia. Okay, yeah, but uh, I was just wondering if, like, on, on a general, if there were some low-risk ones, like if you were taking fentanyl or, or propofol, propofol uh, you know, any of those kind, yeah. if that would yeah. have more of an effect or not, or, you know, like the short-acting ones. Or... It, it, it could for that early pregnancy, but back then they didn't. I don't think in the 70s that they had propofol. They had, um, um, you know, halothane and things yeah. like that, you know. so Yeah, so those yeah, are that, big, it, big, wide-ranging ones, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Wow. But uh, she's, you know, I'm, I'm impressed that they managed to keep her hair combed as they got her out of the, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just not a hair out of place. So uh, she did, a, she did a great job there as the, uh, the ER hairdressers that ran in. Uh, I do, I do like the, uh, the orderlies have those uh, all white outfits on, which is, uh, it, it, it really is a, another you know, blast Brings from the past. Brings back memories. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mark used to work at a nursing home and he had to, he had to pretty much dress like that. So, well, up until around the mid seventies, um, even the nurses wore white outfits in the hospital. In fact, they would even stand when a doctor came to the nurse's station. Of course, now it, it is, <laughs> yeah, they don't even acknowledge that you're there, let alone stand. But they even used to wear the little white caps. Oh yeah, the so paper I, hat. Yeah. Yeah. I, I long for those days, that, you know. But, <laughs> but of course, they're long gone and never to be seen again. Yeah, it's the it's the Rodney Dangerfield era now. So you're right. Exactly. No respect. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Everybody wears scrubs. Yeah. In fact, there there is a a sort of a, a sexist aspect. Um, there are female physicians, and when they go into patients' rooms. Um, and they have the same scrubs on as the nurses. The patients all <laughs> invariably, about 85% of the time, go, uh, excuse me, nurse. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the doctors don't. The yeah. female doctors aren't pleased with that. Not, not a fan, so, yeah. It's, no. uh, it, between that and the, the guys wearing the fedoras, that's just really it, – it's amazing how much – I mean, this is within our lifetimes. And, and you, know, you look at this, and it's like – it looks like the same world. Then you start noticing the clothes. You're like, wait a minute. No, this is, this is all different. Uh, oh, yeah. Although oh, yeah. the guy, I mean, I remember in 1970, I don't remember that many people wearing fedoras. There, there seems to be, this looks like a 1940s crime drama in most, mm. especially the, the press guys, the reporters, they all seem to be, you know, ready to take this back to rewrite and <laughs> <laughs> dress like Dick Tracy. But, uh, well, it, it seems like we've actually gone full circle because now it's not, as you said, fedoras. But it's the baseball caps turned around. Yeah, yeah. Because I used to, I used to think, why is everybody wearing hats? And then, as you said, you watch old movies, and everybody, everybody had hats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and now they're back to hats again. And of course, they're just turned around backwards. Yeah, yeah. And and, <laughs> and people people watching movies thirty and forty years from now are going to go, oh, look at that's way that's way in the past. We're yeah, aware, exactly. Yeah. They'll they'll probably all be wearing uh, turbans or something. Who knows? You know, some some other some other new form of headgear. Tin foil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But uh, a great view great view of the past though. It's interesting. It's, one of these things of this movie that fascinated me is I'm curious what would have happened to the pilot made the turn too quick and and ended up you know with his airplane dug into the mud. Yeah. Um, 
that, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was wondering about the billing situation. They had like, you know, there were twenty guys out there working on the thing. I don't think they get a flat fee. So no, he no. he did the he did the big mistake, and they said that the lead pilot was off that night. So I don't know if if somebody told on him. He had the he had the co-pilot call. He said better call it in at the beginning. So it's like yeah, blame it all on the co-pilot. <laughs> right seat's gonna get this one. So uh, yeah, and and then he cleared out the minute. The minute Burt Lancaster took over, he's like, oh, I hope you got $8 million to pay for this airplane because mm. it's not my fault anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like, yeah. And, 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 of course, the, the ground crew does have, you know, people that are trained do have some skills. Um, they don't fly the plane, but they can certainly taxi and, and mm. move it around. But, it, you know, again, I don't think it is much like that now because everything would be done by a tug. Yeah, yeah. They, they just haul haul the whole thing out. Now, when yeah. when you I, I know one of your, one of your previous lives, you did uh, excursion flights with uh, uh, Grand Can Grand Canyon tours. Well, uh, uh, no, I actually no. I it was my own airplane. Oh, oh. And okay. I had, yeah, and I had my my wife with me, um, and you have to follow a a a, a very limited um, pattern. You you can't deviate at all. Um, because there are so many helicopters all over the place. It, it well, that's part of it, and you know, f f sound restrictions and mm -hmm. and, and um, height restrictions. So it's just like this little tiny corridor, and you can get what's called a, a, a flight violation if you safety violation if you vary or deviate much. So you know, the sweat was pouring off me. It was I was so concerned about about staying in here, and you know, and I, at the time my airplane had quite a bit of of radios to to keep us in track, um, but it was still it was it was it was quite um, nerve wracking to stay in that pattern. I took one of those flights uh, last summer. We had uh, visitors from Australia. They wanted to see the Grand Canyon. We went, we went to Arizona, and they booked us on one of those little. And what was great was the uh, we were in a small airport, and the pilot flew up from Phoenix, and he already had two people on board, and he landed, and he forgot to set the brake. So the plane rolled back into a ditch with two people on it. No, he got out. He got out to go oh. get us. Uh -huh. And then he just like kind of walked around and we all got on. And I'm like, I don't know how safe this is. And we, we <laughs> took off. And But the two people who were on were furious. Oh, my gosh. Maybe that's the same pilot from the airport. Yeah. yeah. That's what happened to Captain Benson. Like Dean, like Dean Martin. Yeah. <laughs> kept humming uh, uh, that's Amore. Yeah. That wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Ugh. I, I guess if nobody nobody reported it, then there's no, no harm, no foul. Well, I'm sure that, that the couple was, because at lunch he kind of said, hey, everything's okay, and they, they weren't buying it. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, that goes along with, you, you know, we'd, we'd been talking earlier about surgery and medicine. Uh, in, in aviation, the pilots get checked all the time, and it's been that for, you know, decades and decades you know, you have to, you know, if you're a captain, you get a flight physical every six months uh, and also the, the, the first officer. And, you know, there's a check pilot of so many hours. And, and, and I mean, you have to have so many takeoffs and landings in, in medicine. When you are a surgeon, you get zero checks ever. Mm -hmm. Oh, great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no, I'm very serious. No, it's it's, uh... it's scary. Wow. Well, I, yes, you're scaring me. Oh. Well, 
I remember I remember hearing it wasn't with your particular equipment, but I remember someone there was a a, a medical sales you know, medical equipment salesman, and he would go to surgeries and they had something for like putting in stents or something like that. And sure. he was he wasn't a doctor, but he would be having like a sales pitch while they were doing surgery, and he would kind of take over the machine and say, "Here, you push this, and the stent goes in." And he was actually like do, they yes. he was arrested yes. for doing surgery, even though he was basically doing the sales, but at the point where he was doing the thing, he actually knew more than the surgeon doing the surgery. So it's just absolutely. scary. Yeah, you are absolutely correct, and um, and it, and it happens today. Now, they, they are more strict on uh, allowing the reps to actually touch the equipment when it's when it's with the patient or in the patient or on the patient. Um, in the past, yes, that happened a lot more until there were instances of of some suits going on and people being arrested and, you know, I, I mean, it became a big deal, but even now I know of reps that come in, um, and say, I'll, I'll just pick a specialty, uh, like, like orthopedic surgery. And they, and they're like, um, now what do I do with this screw? You know, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So <laughs> it's, yeah, and, 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 and it, it, the surprising it, thing is I operate better when there are observers. Oh, okay. Uh, you, you, you focus more? Is that, is that how that works? Or as yeah. You, well, because it, you know, there usually it's other doctors that are watching. And so I get a lot of, so it's not a check ride, but I know that they're in their minds critiquing what I'm doing. Mm, yeah. And so if there's nobody around other than, you know, the nurse and maybe your assistant and, 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 and you know, so you're sitting there and, you know, you're doing things and you try to do a great job, but when you know somebody's watching, you might be a little more accurate and precise. I mean, we're human. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. human. Oh, wow. but you better cut this part. <laughs> <laughs> we're being subpoenaed. No, no, I'm sure everything you everything you're doing, you're always doing careful stuff, but you're always more careful. When, yes, people, when people are looking. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's human nature. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like if you're driving down the street and you make a left turn, if the state trooper's in the car with you, <laughs> you know, you make a 90-degree turn. If yeah. he's not, you'll kind of curve the edge off a little bit. Yeah. You'll also do the manual signals just to make yeah. sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. My turn signal's on and my arm's sticking out. Nice. <laughs> But 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 there's there's no like when you're a surgeon there's no like renewal you don't have to go back and get like another license after ten years or anything or they don't they don't do it that way or how I mean I don't know if... well you have to get what's called CMEs continuing medical education but you know you go online and you read some articles and, and take a, a multi uh, <laughs> a multiple choice answers and oh boy I'm, I'm not feeling any better <laughs> I, don't know that I, I want to know all this. <laughs> And, and, and if, if you get a D, that means you're a doctor. So, okay. Yeah. I passed. Well, you, do, you do have to get 80% right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's okay. only 20 yeah. out of 100 patients. Yeah. Sorry. Eight, eight, out of, eight out of 10 survive. Yeah, okay. Wow. <laughs> it's like the oh. California uh, road driving test. Yeah. <laughs> to get 80% right. Oh, dear. Yeah. That was only two curbs. It's okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, this has been a very eye-opening discussion, Doctor. Yeah. Thank you. Speaking of blood pressure tests, I'm kind of <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to start taking really good care of myself. 
Uh, but uh, John, this is this has been great, and it's it's great sharing this movie with some somebody who who appreciates how how this movie was. I mean, it was it was great when the, when people watched it the first time. It was exciting, and you you watch it again, it's still you know you still get drawn into the action and the the crazy melodrama of it all. But it's just it every one of these characters, no matter how wacky they act, it all seems like you, they're very heartfelt. You really attach with sure. with the characters. Sure. And uh, I mean, I, even their air traffic controller. They seem very professional. I don't know whether they were actors or if they actually did do it because it just seemed pretty realistic in that yeah, aspect. It, it was it was like twenty Jack Webbs flying the plane. You know, just a very very <laughs> deadly serious. And uh, you know, I guess if you're sitting in a plane, you know, nursing your second Bloody Mary, and you're thinking, "Gosh, I hope a bunch of Jack Webbs are keeping track of where I'm at because this is you know, it's it's a great big plane flying really fast." Mm-hmm. Um, Every once in a while, you hear a pilot come on the intercom and and they sound like they're 15 years old and i'm like oh man i want to see like an old silver-haired you know sky warrior get on there yeah do you you ever watch or read well there's a magazine out there called aviation safety and there's also uh some television programs about you know air disasters Mm -hmm. And, and 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 it's fascinating that you know we were laughing about medicine but there's a lot of errors in aviation also Oh yeah, yeah. We we were talking with uh, we were talking uh, the other day, a couple episodes back, uh, about uh, Eastern Airlines when they had Flight 401 go down in the Everglades, and oh, that yeah, was yeah, there was yeah. a burned out light that said you know exactly. their landing gear was 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 out, but and they were while well, they were trying to fix it, he knocked off the autopilot with his, and the with his arm, yeah, with a shoulder, yeah. yeah. And you know, and that brought down not only just the plane, but all of Eastern Airlines went into the drink after that because of right, all the lawsuits. Right. But oh, it was a, it was a disaster, uh, it really was. Uh, but um, you know, the, I mean, the thing is, in in medicine, you know, if you make an error, you know, yes, you could financially be at fault, and and certainly your your career or even your your reputation, and you know, certainly the patient is is at risk. In aviation, if you make a mistake, you're at risk too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's what so. we, we had an air traffic controller guest, and I said, "What is yeah. it like to have a job that you can't be wrong once?" I mean, <laughs> you know, I just yeah. the pressure. I, I would crack under the pressure. You know. Well, the the problem is if the air traffic controller makes a mistake, yes, it's horrible. It may be a disaster. But the air traffic controller is still alive. If right. the yeah. pilot makes an error, he may not be. Right. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. No, it, it's it, yeah. It, 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 you're you're, you're you, you've got a you've got skin in the game too when you're a pilot. So sure. Ah, wow. I remember seeing that uh, that uh, TV show on the. Uh, remember there was a huge on the ground collision in the Canary Islands, I yeah, think, Tenerife. in the seventies. Yeah, yes. And and yeah, and the reenactment, the the pilot, the, the Scandinavian pilot, uh he uh he just kinda lost his he was waiting and finally goes, We're going now <laughs> and he went out and that's that's what caused it well, apparently. Well that's that's where cockpit resource management started because um the co pilot initially said, Wait, wait and, and they and he didn't go. Right. And then, then went ahead and went, and the co-pilot, they're they're pretty sure <laughs> didn't, you know, they're they're I think they're making assumptions, but it was like they they thought, okay, I can't stop him twice, because oh, yeah. he's he's the captain, the right. captain of the ship, and that's when it went no, um, every person in that cockpit on the airplane that's that's part of the crew has the same weight 
as the captain as far as yeah, making decisions. Yeah, the veto power. You've got a plane yeah. full of gasoline yeah. and hundreds of passengers behind you. I would think yeah. that would be, let's all vote on this. Uh, <laughs> wow. Woof. Wow. Yeah. So uh, anyway, this this really makes me want to get on a plane. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But, or have and, go, and go in for yeah, some surgery. Have, yeah, yeah. Well, if, next if, time, next time, I'm I'm just gonna look at the doctor and go, what, eighty percent? You're thinking? <laughs> wow. Oh gosh. Well, this well, has been a great one, yeah, though. Thank yeah. you for sharing some of this great awesome. knowledge with us. Uh, yeah, John. John, if we ever need a gynecologist, Mark and I will look you up. And, yeah. No. Uh, well, well, that would be um, what was it, Doctor T and his women? I think. It yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was spilled yeah. over in Plano, actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're 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 gonna work on the Doctor T minute. You may be a weekly guest. So we'll see. <laughs> wow. Well, this 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 has been a great. We, we are actually um we've we've got a couple of uh, more episodes in front of us, but we've recorded them already. So this technically is our yeah. final episode. We really want to thank you for. Uh, for being a part of all this, it's been a awesome. it's 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 been a great ride with uh, with Mark Mark and me yeah. doing doing this, and and it's nice having having a, having a good send off. But uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, uh, please stay tuned for our our next episodes, our final two episodes. Have some amazing. Not that this is an amazing guest already, but we've got some nothing un- like today's guest. No, Whoever no. we have coming up, we can't top this. This is <laughs> yeah, this you is, really can't. You are the summit of of guests. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for the invitation and, and, wow. and having me on here. Well, we 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 are planning on doing other movies, so when uh, when we need some technical uh, medical and and aviation advice, we'll bring you on. So thank thank you again. But uh, yeah. thank thanks everybody for listening. It's been it's been a great trip, and we uh, we really enjoyed doing the show. Uh, hearing back from from old people that listening has been has been a help to get us over these many many hundreds of uh, episodes and and so we'd like to thank all of you out there in the audience. We'd like to, especially to thank uh, Pete the retailer and uh, comic book Alex who started the whole min- movies by minute uh, format with uh, their Star Wars minute. So uh, thanks and, for giving uh, Pete, Pete the Regan who uh, and Pete the, yeah, all this. Peter Regan who was our initial muse on getting this thing going. So thank you very much. But uh, check back with us here uh, as we continue on, uh, on on previous episodes, which are new to you. So uh, join us out on social media. We're always available, uh, Twitter, Airport Minute, uh, Facebook, Airport Minute, and the Airport Minute Commanders Club, the great big site, airportminute.com, where you can pick up uh, – these nuts are stale coffee mugs and all that kind of stuff. And Ada Quonset, uh, well, you can you can look up those on the on the store at airportminute.com. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you can even pretend you're Ada Quonset's gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, I don't want to watch that movie. Thank you. <laughs> but, but again, th- thanks for it's the last uh, episode. Almost yeah, anything is, goes. It is. Yeah, Mark, Mark's going to start on his three day bender now. So. Uh, <laughs> We're doing okay, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll close with uh, Ghost Stealers and uh, keep okay. keep keep, uh, uh, keep listening uh, to the Airport Minute. Uh, watch for new watch for new things to come out there on AirportMinute.com. So until next time, whenever that is, uh, good day. Bye bye. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Mm-hmm.